podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of Pit Stop Fracker. My name is Mahad. And this week we'll be providing you with that much-needed respite from all that European Super League talk, and we'll be talking about the best Super League in the world, Formula One. Um, before we get started, just a reminder to all our listeners and viewers: follow us on tw- Twitter at PitStopFracker, no spaces. If you're not following us on Twitter, I have no idea what you're doing, what you're playing at at all. Um, we'll give you all the insights and all the news on F1 and banter at the same time, so it's the perfect combination. Um, also on the link on our bio on Twitter is our Discord. Um, if you don't know what Discord is, Discord is like a community that um, you can join. It's like a large WhatsApp group and you can do anything you want on there. And we are on there as well, our Pitstop Fracker group. So if you want an alternative commentary to uh, Martin Brundle and um, Crofty, we are that alternative voice for everyone. So make sure on race day you sign up and join us on there as well and finally if on this if you're watching this on youtube please like and subscribe that really helps us out um just a quick like on the bottom below and um subscribe and then you can get all the content from the touchdown media group so if you're interested in basketball we've got courtside if you're interested in um boxing we've got ringside fracker and we've got all the football content you need as well. So make sure you like and subscribe to the video. It will really help us out. And if you're listening on, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure you leave a review for us as well. That will help us out as well. Uh, on today's pod, uh, I'm joined by four lovely members of the Pitstop family. So first, um, Nam, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, man. Just uh, missing the FIA Super League, or formerly known as F1. So I'm just waiting for that to come back. Um, and then we'll be uh, obviously discussing that, but we've got a lot on this uh, podcast we need to go through. So, yeah, I'm ready for it. Yeah, man, we've got a lot going on this pod, man. I know it's not race week, but we've always got that content here, man. Weekly, weekly, you know how we do it, Pit Stop Fracker. Um, next, Kwame, how we doing? I'm good, I'm good, brother. Um, I'm feeling myself, you know, just going to first show this week. So, you know, um, I've got energy. And listen, the Miami GP news come aside, you know, I want to go with Miami. I pissed up, you know, if I go on tour, let's go. Yeah, let's talk about it. You, you know the vibes, you know the vibes. Honestly, look, fresh trim. We're going to be out there. Hope you lot are going to be out there. Hopefully, we'll have a live show. You never know, but we're going to get into a little bit more of that. Uh, Martin, welcome yeah. back. You ain't been back since the first episode, brother. You're a stranger. I know, I know, I know. Busy with uni, man. Busy with uni. But I'm back now. Got to be able to calm week, so I'm back now. I, I, how are you finding the F1 season so far? Yes, right. been good. It's been good. It's been, as I said, I think I, I did predict this um, a while back that Max will be giving Hamilton a run for his money. And yeah, it, it seems to come true. I'm yeah, some clairvoyant out here, man. That's, that's what I'm saying, man. Predictions before even the season started, you know, no one's there. But we didn't even see the cars by then, did we? This is this is nah, that's, that's nah. Nah, this is what I'm saying. Martin's Martin's seeing into the future. Mystic marks, on, that's what you call Mystic Mystic marks. That's it, man. That's the name, man. Uh, finally, Richard, how we doing, man? I'm not too bad, bro. I'm not too bad. No, I'm looking forward to Portsmouth next weekend. Definitely looking forward to Miami next year as well. Um, you're definitely going to see all of us here, especially me. And um, we're definitely going to see you know Mahad with his Dior's on his twenty thousand ones. I won't say no fair what he's going to do with that those 20,000 ones, but if you know, you know. So, yeah, catch us listen, out there. Listen, um, listeners, viewers, um, I will not be wearing any of those things. I'll be wearing Crocs and a Casio with a pina colada. So that's where you'll catch mm. me in Miami. Uh, mm. So, sure. yeah, on to Miami. Um, kind of sneaked in the news with all the chaos of Imola last week was the announcement that Formula One's going to Miami next year. From 2022, 10-year contract, brand new track. And um, it will be the second race that's going to be stateside now. So um, currently we've got Austin, Texas. And now we've added this Miami GP onto the calendar. And firstly, 
Um, I just want to get, they've actually done a digital rendering of this track. So what we'll do is we'll put the link to the video um, along with this on our Twitter page. If you haven't seen the track yet, um, it kind of looks okay to me. Uh, I'm always up for new tracks and some new new taps things going on. But um, now I'm going to come to you first. What's your thoughts on the location of the track? Um, well, well, let's start first with the location. Um, the location is perfect for F1 if we have to think about it. It's, it's um, good all year round weather. Um, it's got a great scene, great um, kind of like destination as well. Um, in regards to the track, I think the track itself, um, the layout, I think it's fine. It's good. It's got got great overtaking spots. It's got um, different conditions, um, kind of like some really harsh braking zones, um, some slow corners and some really fast um, straights. My only concern I have is it's technically in a car park. Um, so, and, and history dictates that Formula One races in car parks, for example, Vegas, all those years ago, don't necessarily turn out to be good races. Um, so that's the only concern, but I, I assume that the um, Formula One has learned from that. They've obviously got the um, the guy who does all the tracks, who does all the new tracks to design this one. So it, it should have good elements for racing. Um, but yeah, my only concern that it's in a car park, but I'm sure they got that figured out. Yeah, I think the reason I read uh, on the F1 website, the reason they put it in the car park is that you could see it from the Hard Rock Stadium at the top. And it's that you could see every bit of the track from the top um, to the car park. Yeah. Still a bit, uh, it's in a car park. Um, mm. bit, bit strange that it's in a car park and it's not just like its own separate thing um, elsewhere and they built it from scratch. But I think they kind of want it to be um, a kind of street track feel. Um, kind of like how our park is in Australia. Um, mm. But we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm going to come to you, Richard, on this. Um, obviously, they've, they're, now they're putting two tracks in America. We've seen Drive to Survive get set up over there in America. Is this kind of like a ploy to get more American viewership and um, increase the fan base for Formula One in America, do you think? Yeah, 100%, definitely. Um, we've already seen, you know, the, the three seasons of Drive to Survive, how much has taken off, like... Not only just here, but all over the world, especially with America as well. So, um, of course, the thing is with America, obviously, there's like 300 million of people over there. And we've only been going to, you know, Circuit of the Americas for God knows how long. So, of course, obviously, back in the day, we had like, I think, Detroit, Las Vegas. Um, Indy. There's, yeah, Indiana, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, there was New Yorkers rumored a good decade ago, and then that, them plans kept flopping as well. That would have been, I think, good as well for the um, boosting up the F1, F1's um, like market wreck, if you will. But yeah, it's now going down to Miami, down to South Beach. Um, I don't know what the general consensus is with F1 down there, but you know, we all know Miami. You know, loves a party and loves the atmosphere, sort of thing. So there will definitely be an atmosphere at least, and with the track itself, it does look quite good. So. This would be. This is definitely a good stage to enhance its um, um, reputation in America, Formula One, and to get more fans on side. Because if you get more fans on side, then of course the sport can generate more money and whatnot. So, yeah, I think it's definitely think it's a good idea. Yeah, yeah we've think, seen. Yeah, I was just, I was meant to follow from what Richard was saying. I'm a bit like a nerd for this, and I looked a bit more into like why probably Miami and. Yeah, what you find is F1 is like one of the fastest growing sports, like in popularity. I think like um, more than any other league, any other sports league in the world at this moment in time. So I think it's grown over about hundred percent for the like the last couple of years or whatever it is. Um, and obviously, the big part of that is the viewers from across the world, and obviously Liberty Media taking over. And I feel like they've done. Um, three things over the past is they've really tried to um, well not three things but they tried this one thing using social media as a um, as a way of exploiting 
to get more fans. And Miami's just at the perfect place for social media. Like if you think about it, you get your you got your influencers plus your social media. You you'll, you'll be able to create that. It's a win-win. You just get they want more younger viewers and they want uh, more American viewers. It's going to just bring it all together eventually. And as as we say, it'll just help generate more funds for the sport um, uh, internationally. Yeah, that's a great point, Martin. Especially with Liberty Media, they've done quite a lot of trying to like expand the reach of F1, and we're seeing it with their social media interactions. They're actually targeting quite a lot of the younger generation, and I'm actually seeing that in person as well when I speak to um, family members and friends, younger brothers and sisters. They're actually for- watching Formula One now. So I know there's kind of like a lost generation of people that don't watch Formula One. But now we're starting to see that pick up with that, the under-16s and under-17s. And um, Liberty Media is going to try to take advantage of that in America as well. So um, that's a really good point. Um, what will be interesting is where they um, they put Miami on the calendar. I've just done some research. So the in this calendar, it was the Emilio Romonia Grand Prix, which was during spring break. So if they were to put Miami there, that might actually be quite interesting. Yeah, um, what it seems like, um, from our word, is they're gonna put it with uh, alongside Canada, um, because so then, um, Canada's so with then, the yeah. European selection as well. So it means that yeah. you don't have to go to America twice because Kota uh, also is towards the end. So they're trying yeah. to play with Canada, means um, you don't have to do a long ass trip that usually from Canada back to Europe, back to Europe, just stay in North America. So that's what I saw, yeah. yeah. So spring break, spring break, baby. Yeah, break listen, pit stop, pit stops there. First of all, listeners or viewers, we are going to be at the Miami GP F1. If you're watching this right now and you need to sponsor us, we'll be happy for a private jet. So just bring that through. We'll be over there, no problem. We'll have the banners out. We'll do a live show. We're going to be there. But pit stop on tour coming soon, 2022. We might just make that like our little yearly annual trip over there. If, especially if the race is good. Um, but it, it looks like if they do it in spring break, that's like, that's going to be, it's going to pop off, honestly. But um, logistically, like Kwame just said, they're kind of doing it back to back with um, Canada. Kind of makes sense. Um, stops the traveling. Um, and you can see now that um, they're pushing for more races anyway. Um, I'm thinking what's got to go. I know, I know. This is not something that um, most people are speaking about. But watch, uh, okay. Let me, let me come to you, um, Martin. What track needs to go on the calendar? <laughs> um, the track I'd like to see go would be Abu Dhabi, but that's obviously out of the cards because that's, again, that's another huge track that probably generates them a lot of money over time. So it will probably be one of the European circuits. Um, uh, maybe something like. Would they still keep Imola on for next year's season? Who knows? Um, yeah, it'll, it'll be it'll definitely be one of more European tracks. Try and make it more international rather than just more of a European base. I mean, we've got a few back-to-backs in. We had a few in, in got two in Italy, and we're probably going to get another one. Obviously, I think they're adding Turkey to replace Canada this year, but that's obviously not going to be there next year. And there's also there's always um, talk of racetracks um not really wanting to continue there's rumors that maybe canada doesn't really want to continue there's other other tracks across the world that sometimes they're a bit iffy about whether they want to actually take on the race because while it's because it's expensive and sometimes the tracks aren't really making that much money from it so it just it just depends i think it depends how the miami one goes i think you'll see uh, and then it could also be the circuit of america's because that one is like not really drawing the fan attention that F1 really wants for as big as the track it is. Because I think for NASCAR and IndyCar, it could get something close to like 300,000 a day. But I think F1 is getting 300,000 over the three days or something. So it's really not really um, getting the attention that they really need. So it could be possibly that other American track disappears, which might not bode well for American viewers, but especially like the hardcore American viewers. But yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Marks, on the, on your first point. Bin Abu Dhabi. I know they're never, ever going to bin it, but I've had enough of that Westfield car parks of a track. I've, I, I need it gone. 
and that I don't know. I don't want to. The sadness of, that I'm feeling in my heart about Canada possibly disappearing. I love Canada. That can't disappear at all. Um, please let it be Sochi or something like that. Um, and, um, last point on the America about America and them trying to increase their reach over there. Um, Kwame, I'm going to come to you. Do you think we're going to start seeing more drivers come out of the United States because of this? Because I mean, of this whole influx. I mean, hopefully, but I. I doubt it. I mean, for the short term, especially, I doubt it. Um, there's something down, like, like well, some bill. I'm, I don't want to be too I like this um, topic, but I think the issue is over there, they've got their own premier sports in, motorsports in, IndyCar and NASCAR. So it's more of finding a way to transfer the IndyCar and NASCAR fans into uh, Formula One, into the Feeder Series here in Europe. And the issue is the Feeder Series here in Europe is quite expensive. So currently in F3, there's only one American driver in Logan Sargent came third last year, but he's struggling to find a seat at the moment um, because of funding. Um, I can't think the team on top of my head because in one back markers instead of being the top four that he should be. And you've had previous drivers like um, Alexander Wassi, who was a test driver, and Keisha Mamusha. Um, I'm not sure if you remember him, but he tried to break into yeah the low back end of F1, Keisha Mamusha, both of them broke. So, he had to go back to America and he won the Indy 500 and he's been a tactical contender there. So it seemed like even the driver was trying to break through here, a lot of them, a lot of them have been better over there. So hopefully, I think in the long term, we can. Hopefully, this can attract fans, attract um, a uh, wider eye to um, F1, to the younger generation. Because um, we tried to get the old generation as well. Like a lot of the drivers there are comfy. So you've got people like, say, Scott Dixon. Um, Pagano, them guys are winning IndyCar, so it's kind of no point for them to go to switch from IndyCar where they're winning to come to um, U, uh, UK, uh, Europe, sorry, in F1, and then they're probably not going to get a top seat because that's going to go to the young drivers and more experienced F1 drivers. So that's going to be for the uh, bottom up, and it's not worth it. Just look at Grosjean, for example. That's my perfect example. Um, I know he's not American, he's French, but he was in Haas. The Haas team is dry. We, we know how dead they are. He's gone to America and uh, first qualifying race, he got top 10. First race, he got top 10. So that just shows the levels um, mapping between F1 and IndyCar. So isn't that um, the one that McLaren just signed? He's American, isn't it? The young kid, the 13 year old. Oh, yeah, Hugo. Yeah, Hugo. That, that, that's, yeah, Hugo. So um, yeah, big up Hugo, uh, Black Brother from uh, America, McLaren side. And uh, that's a good example, hopefully, because he's in the, um, he's in the European side. So he's in the, um, European cuts um, sides, and he was previously with Sabers or even so, someone like Kim hopefully could come through the ranks in the European road sport, win the towers here, and then from there can get plugged. But issue is a lot of the guys are too comfy over there because they've got their own Indy Lights thing and whatnot. They've got their own feeder series. So if you can plug the talent from there to here, rise them up through F3, F2, then they can hopefully grow. Yeah, uh, Hugo, we've got big hopes for Hugo. Um, I think he's what 14 years old, 13 years old, signed from McLaren. Yeah. Um, I think he's a Nigerian American. We hope that he turns into the next star boy to just carry on, you know, Lewis's uh, uh Lewis's um legacy and continue to piss off Gammon Twitter and Brexit England. We need that. We need we need more people of color in Formula One. So hopefully, he rises to the challenge and ends up there. Um, but we look forward to Miami. We're gonna we're gonna be there, like I said, and um, hopefully it's actually a good race. Um, but we saw a lot of negative kind of feedback on the race on the on the track when it first got put out, the digital rendering of it. But I personally think it's gonna be a good track, so we look forward to it next year. Um, we'll go to the next point that we wanted to cover on the pod. This is a new section. Um, I'm gonna bring this out. Um, we're going to bring it out maybe every quarter, uh, every two, three months, because I feel like we need to shed a light. We're not ageist on this pod. And we've started with what we call the OAP corner. So the OAP corner consists of Alonso, Kimi Raikkonen, and Vettel. Some people are thinking, Vettel, he's too young. He shouldn't be in the OAP corner. He's driving like an old man. So he's hearing it. So until he proves himself, he can remove himself from OAP corner. But this is where we check in every two, three races and just see, okay, how they're getting on, what's going on with them, what's happening. So um, first point on the OAP corner that I want to introduce, the first question I actually want to ask, I'm going to come to you, Martin, on this. 
How's Alonso, uh, how's Alonso fared in his first couple of races back in F1? You're on mute, Mark. So I thought you were going to ask me about um, Vettel for a second. Um, Alonso, Alonso, Alonso. The more of a hate relationship I have with him. No, no real love. I've never been for any love for Alonso. Um, I think he retired at a perfect time, and then it was all we gave him the perfect farewell, and then he came back and ruined it. I think he got a perfect, he got a perfect farewell. Everyone gave him that. Yeah, and he's just come back and ruined it. And Alpine haven't got the greatest car. I mean, Renault is just struggling with that with that power unit. I think um, we're struggling with everything on that car. Everything on that car looks like it's struggling. And he's meant to come in to make them better and to give him what that um, that needed expertise in the handling of the cars and stuff. But he's just he's he's on his Kimmy vibe, really. He's just here for the check and just to. It's like he had, you know, that thing where the, um, soldiers when they come back from war, and they really miss war. Like they can't retire. That's that's what Alonso has. What? He retired, and like he just wants to go back up. He just missed it. He can't he can't sit still for a second. Yeah, but it's that like, I say it's like them soldiers. Like sometimes soldiers they come they go they go to war. They feel very comfortable out there getting shot at. When they come back, it's just like a, they can't readjust back to society. So they they rather go back out to war. And that's literally the same thing Vettel has. I don't Vettel, um, Alonso has. There's no reason for him to be here. He's taking someone younger's seat. Um, there's so much other drivers. I'd rather see Hulkenberg, to be honest, come back and take his seat anyway. But side of point. Yeah, it's looking tight for him. He's not He's not even performing over Ocon. Um, one DNF, 10th place as well. Not really a 10th place because of Kimmy's um, penalty points, a pen, a 30 second penalty, but it's not looking good. And for 20 mil, you're expecting much better. He hasn't even and been good in qualifying, which is something that he's known for. He's not been good in qualifying either. He, I think he hasn't, has he got into Q3 yet? I don't think he's going to Q3 yet, either. No, he, he got them in, the, in the first race in Bali. Yeah. Oh, he did. Right. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, like last one, he was just poor and he just just couldn't get any pace out of the car. Just could not get any pace out of the car for, for Alpine. But as I said, I think it's a, it's a mixture of both why they're doing bad. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just not looking good for him. It's meant to be your comeback season and it's really just like you should just stay away, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, it doesn't look like uh, you have a healthy relationship, Martin. I don't think you you rate Alonso from what I'm understanding uh, right now. Uh, actually, uh, do you know what? On the back of that, Nam, I'm going to come to you. Do you think Alonso should have come back? Um, oh, that's a loaded question. Um, I, I, I think he had to come back on, on the basis of what Renault were trying to do or Alpine were trying to do. So you have to look at the young drivers that are coming up, right? For um, Alpine. So you've got Oscar Piastri, you've got um I can't remember what the Chinese race is called. Um I can't even say his name, but it's uh, Chinese Ranu Zhou. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I look at how I look at Alonso's place in that team, like how Michael Schumacher went to Mercedes, where he essentially was there to develop the car, to to give a lot of info and experience to to a team that has kind of transformed and is looking to potentially challenge for titles again. Um, so so I, I look at it that way, where he's probably just there to fill some time in order for those two drivers to essentially become good enough to to challenge. Um, and then he will then gracefully leave F1 again. Um, and they also probably are looking at Ocon and hoping that Ocon could develop with the team and become the driver that they're expecting him to be. Um, and if that doesn't work, 
then you've still got someone who's there who could guide some of these young drivers through. Um, so so I, think, I, 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 go on. So I was just going to ask, do you think he's um, more here for development of next year's car then? So obviously they gave him the two year. Yeah, I don't, I don't. For, yeah, I don't think he's, rather than I don't think he's here for racing. He's not here to win the title. That that is that is for certain. Yeah, I, that, I mean that's clear, yeah. But yeah, I think he's more here to like develop the car, obviously with um kind of the rule changes that are gonna be coming as well. He's he, I, I think he's just there to be the 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 experienced championship head that has the ability to do great provide great insight. Um and also to kind of work with the younger drivers you you'd be surprised i i I, i'm gonna i'm gonna expect when it comes down to when it's young driver you know the young driver training days um we're gonna see alonso still there talking to the pistari and shio um and kind of giving the insight and kind of walking them through it so yeah he's he's just he's just there to fill a fill a gap for out for right now to be honest yeah, I'll say. I've got, sorry, I've got one quick question though. Go on, like, go on. We say this a lot, and they, I mean, this is the OAP corner, so this is a perfect question for this. Um, what, at one at one point, does your title, your um, your titles lose their credentials? Like, you can't carry that title clout forever into to carry into teams. We've seen that people saying it with Vettel. We say we're hearing it with Alonso. I mean, Kimi not really, but you can even say it for him as well. At what point in their careers, these guys haven't won in the past seven years. Now, they're all seven years. Alonso's over 10 years. Kimi is 15, what, 15, 14 years now. At what point does that those title, that title cred no longer get you that clout that you need to? I mean, think? because you can't say you're designing a title challenging car when you haven't been a title challenger for over 10 years now. I mean, I, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, but you they they've still done it, right? So That's they still have say. the ability to they, they they still have the ability to. Yeah, but Wenger done inside. it, but he couldn't do it anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like Wenger did it but in the past, says, but he couldn't do it anymore. Says, but who says that? Who says that Kimi Raikkonen and Alonso and Vettel can't do it? They've just been but in Alonso- terrible cars. <laughs> that's the issue they've just been in terrible cars for the last what 10, 10 Alonso had a, when Alonso was at Ferrari he had a good Ferrari car and he still and he didn't do it he couldn't do it but Mercedes had an amazing car and so it's I mean, it's listen listen I, I, I think this I think this yeah if you've won a title, even won a title as well. that's it there's no expiry dates on titles. That's in there. That's in the history. Well, that's there. It's because it's you know they're I mean? still racing. Yeah, but that, if, when they retire, you can win your title. Like, that's oh, fine. But what I'm saying is, at what point do you not get that? How are you expected to create a title challenging car when you have never title, you haven't been title challenging for the past? It's in the hybrid area as well. So it's not okay. like to say you've been, um, you've won it in the hybrid era. This is the, you win it in the look, what, the look, B, look, B, look. ten or B twelve era. I haven't rid, I haven't, I haven't ridden a bike for at least six years, but I can still teach <laughs> someone how to ride a bike. That's it's, just, it's the same, right, same principle. Yeah, but you can you can teach someone to ride a bike, but that's the basics. You can teach someone how to drive a car. Yeah, lots of mentor the young guys. That's that's fine, but to create a title challenging car to say what you need for a title challenging car, I don't think these men have it anymore. But then that's like okay. saying they're not that's like saying sorry, just one quick point here, and then I'll I'll leave it. That's just like saying Pep Guardiola shouldn't be uh, actually not Pep because Pep has one stuff. But like as I said, it's like a Wenger thing. It's a Wenger thing. You done no, it in the past. That's Wenger, fine. But I, I wouldn't trust Wenger to build a title challenging team right now because I don't gave, think he can do gave, it. But if you gave Wenger five hundred five hundred million on a transfer window, I'm sure, and not at Arsenal, I'm sure he could. He could do something, but we're, we're going off topic. Uh, uh, going uh, off uh, we've had enough Alonso now. Uh, uh, first of all, yeah, <laughs> Alonso won his titles. Uh, there's, I don't think there's an expiry date to titles, but I don't agree with paying 20 million for a driving instructor. That's a bit mad. We're, we're not on that. We're not on that and pit stop for our car. That's just not, that's not the thing that we should be doing here. Um, we'll go on to another person on OP Corner. I'm going to come to you, Richard. We're going to talk about a gentleman called Vettel. Um, he's, there was big fanfare. I read an article in G- GQ the other day and they were saying, oh, uh, Vettel's going to bring back revenge for the faithless Ferrari. Um, 
Ferraris they're going to be uh, uh, Aston Martin's going to be the Ferrari of the British um, driving um, whatever it's all hogwash anyway because it's come to pass that Aston Martin's in the mud and especially Vettel's in the mud we're looking at Stroll outperforming him twice now why is Vettel getting dusted by Stroll? To be honest with you, he's, he's been having little bits of bad luck here and there, to be honest with you. And also, he's he's been going to... He's started a new team. Like, we can't just we can't just be writing off people like... Well, not us, but, you know, one of our cast members writing off Daniel Ricciardo after two races. And then we're writing off Vettel after two races. And then other people, we're giving them grace, like Checo and whatnot. Like, come on, it needs to be consistent all over the board. With Vettel, he's been having, like, stuff like, you know, his quality getting ruined with... Mazepin turned into a Beyblade merchant. You know, he's been also he's had issues with his um, gearbox as well. Was it a gearbox or something? Uh, I, in the last I, race, I think it was brakes. Yeah, yeah, like. yeah. He's break? been having issues like that as well. And plus, also, it's a new team as well. You'll just need a while to get to get settled in. It's like that with all the new with all the drivers with the um, new teams and with all the rookies as well. They just need time to get settled in. You can't expect everyone to just hit the ground running. It's almost like that with like footy players as well. You can't expect your new signers to hit the ground running, even if you pay like sixty mil for them. Sometimes they need six to twelve months to get settled in. Obviously, with Formula One, it's a bit different. You wanted to make an impact a bit quicker, but I'd give all these men at least a summer break, just to give them time with the simulator, just to give them time with how if the team is even built around them, because it could be the case. I assume like with Aston Martin, they're building the team around him in some ways, especially if you're paying them. What was it like 12 mil a year or 15 mil? I don't even know. Whatever X amount of money it is. Yeah, paying them that sort of money. I expect, even though, you know, Lance is there and his dad obviously owns the team, the team's going to be built around Vettel because he's got the equity of being a full time world champion. But at the same time, I'm not going to rub him off, like write him, write him off straight away. Like he was getting, he's even after, I think, um, the V starts, he was getting faster slaps and whatnot. I don't know what the context is that he was getting faster slaps, but. It shows me that he was showing some sort of pace anyway. And he was getting, you know, stuck behind a couple of cars and whatnot and then Fulton behind. But I don't know if it's just him just getting used to it or just one of those things. As I said, with all these men, I'm going to give them time. I'm not going to jump on their back with agendas and whatnot. At the end of the day, there's still people like fucking Bottas who's been in that car for four years and you think he just came from IndyCar. Like, how, how even a Mercedes... Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you're qualifying eighth. And then you're not even making any pitch. developments in, in places. You drop down yeah, to tenth. And in then George goes to dunk on you. Okay, give it the crash wasn't his fault. But I, th- I think in some ways Bottas is glad that he crashed into him. Because how embarrassing would that clip have been of Russell pa- passing in mm. Bottas? That would have yeah. been played everywhere. Mm. It would have been all over his DMs, mm. all over his hats, all over his WhatsApp groups, everything. He doesn't want mm. that. Mm. Like, it, that, he's in yeah. some ways glad that, that he crashed into him. So, mm. That's what I feel anyway. I know it sounds ridiculous, uh, but he's thinking the bigger no, picture. No, Richard, you're preaching. You're preaching. Do you know what I mean? R- R- Richard come out of nowhere with a bot-ass dunk, you know? <laughs> no, that, it's, I, it's, I, it's, I rate it. It needed, it needed to happen because them visuals, well, if that actually happened, with the Williams overtaking it, Go on, Martin. Go. So I was just going to say, in defence of Vettel as well, we're hearing all this about the, um, the Aston Martin car um, and the problems that it's having because of the is it this low downforce cars? Um, yeah, yeah, because obviously oh. they they run a low rate, just like Mercedes do. Exactly. So, so it's only Mercedes man. having that problem. So you can't really blame Vettel for when you're getting used to the car in a COVID era where you don't have that much time to practice as or get into the car as much as you would normally before. And then, so there's, so there's a bunch of things going against Vettel this season as why he hasn't settled in properly. So I, he has a bit more excuses than, say, other drivers on the track. I won't, I mean, he's already dunked on Bottas, so I won't dunk on him again, so we'll let him listen, live. Listen, we're dunking on Bottas because a certain Kunle is not here. So he's the number one member of the fan club. So we will continue to throw alley oops on Bottas throughout this pod. So don't worry about that. Um, but yeah, you made a really good point, Richard and Martin, on this. We kind of need to give these guys a reprieve just for a little bit. He's in OAP corner just because of circumstance because of how washed he was last year. We're not giving Alonso a reprieve. I'm sorry. 
No, we're not giving yeah, him yeah, all yeah, deserves it. I'm sorry, he deserves it. He, <laughs> I know he's had two years out, but still, agendas have got an agenda, man. Honestly, okay, he deserves it. I, you can't be chatting, you can't be calling for and saying, Look, we're going to dunk on signs in them in front of us, and then battles coming out of nowhere, <laughs> half washed, spinning you in, putting you in the mud. Like, what's all that about? <laughs> no, I'm not oh, having it, man. man. And 20 mil a year, come on, uh, 20 mil a year is a bit nuts, but what uh, Max is one driving 20 mil a year. I know. No, I think Max is a little 25. But anyways, that's still just... He's the third highest paid driver on the grid. And he, like I said, he's a driving instructor. It's a bit mad. Anyways, I'm going to ask... The person that forgot an OAP, Kimi Raikkonen, the skeleton of Kimi Raikkonen, still in F1, collecting checks, just here. Actually looks... The Alpha looks... Alpha Romeo actually looks good. He's looking a bit racy. Especially the last race, he looked good. Kwame, I'm going to come to you on this. Who do you think scores more points? Kimi, Vettel, or Alonso at the end of the season? This is a tough question. It's a tough question. Um, I'm just going to go through all three of them quickly and then I'm going to cover my uh, opinion. I feel like with Kimi, I think you probably get the lowest out of the bunch, um, even though the Alpha hasn't made improvements. Um, like, you know, Matt said, you know, they've been were in for the points in the last race in Imola. I just, I don't know. I just haven't really got faith in the team in the car. And Kimi, as well, out of the three, seems like he's got the least to uh, race for. He's just there, just vibes. We know his thing, you know, just a hobby. You know, I feel he's just there, just having fun with it. But don't get me wrong, we know how Kimi is. All jokes are all genocide. You've seen how Kimi is in those days. He was very fast. He's a former champion. It, that first season in Ferrari and McLaren days, he was impressive. So we know there's driver in there. You can come up with something. But after I can come the bottom out of the, uh, them three. There's between, for me, Vero and Alonso. And I feel like at the moment Alonso is better than Vettel, but I feel like Vettel's got a better car. And because uh, of my prediction, I'm going to, I'm going to have my faith in Vettel. I feel like um, hopefully over time he gets used to the car. He's got a faster car, so it's a head start than Alonso. So I'm, I'm going to predict Vettel, but I feel like Alonso has been a better driver uh, than Vettel. Um, he's got a point as well. And uh, yeah, but it's, I think it's going to be between uh, Vettel and Alonso, but I'll give it to Vettel. Yeah, all right. I think I think we'll, we will we'll, we will be returning to OAP corner. I'll tell you that now. But for now, we're just going to give him a couple more races. See how it goes. See how it pans out. I think he's we'll both rubbing up on Giovinazzi as well because Giovinazzi's um, started really well this season. I can't lie. He yeah. got into what was it Q two the other day, almost going to Q three in the Alpha Romeo. So yeah. Kimi's probably rubbing off on him a bit. Yeah, the Alphas definitely made progress. That Ferrari power unit's looking good, especially with Ferrari making progress as well. Let's not speak on uh, another um, Russian conglomerate we call Haas, aka, I don't know, whatever names they're going to be. If if the listeners and viewers don't aren't aware, there's been rumours that Haas are going to be overtaken by Dimitri Pazepin, who is Nikita Mazepin's dad. So um, we might be looking at a Russian-owned team on the grid soon. Um but yeah, that's all for OAP Corner. We will be back, honestly. We will be back, especially if I'm hosting. Um, on to the next point, what we wanted to what we wanted to talk about on today's pod was um, Mercedes versus Red Bull. It's, it's hotting up. I know it's only been two races, but it looks like we might have an actual title contention on our hands going on um, with constructors and drivers. So um, I know there was a lot of talk pre-season about um, Red Bull Honda engine being moved forward from 2022 to now, and the and the progress they've made, and the technical regulations hampering Mercedes um, with their um, rake and the low downforce and so on and so on. Um, Kwame, I'm going to come to you. How do you think these 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 things preseason is panning out um, on the F1 grid at the moment with Mercedes and uh, Red Bull? I think it's very interesting. It's uh, very interesting. It's made the uh, competition between uh, Mercedes and Red Bull uh, very tight. Um, so, yeah, I'm just going to go in for the engine. I feel like the engine freeze, I mean, the team's voted on it. The team's voted on it. So now the team's going to really get mad. But um, obviously, Honda, um, then putting up F1, meant that um, the team's decided to vote on engine freeze to allow um, the regulation to be pushed back to 2025. And that means that no changes on the engine. So luckily that meant that for Honda, they could have brought the changes that they were thinking of doing in 2022 um, forward to this year. Uh, in the fact that because there's no work change, everything should be legal. 
Um, so that kind of gave him a healthy advantage of this year. And it seemed like as well, they were taking this engine thing very, very seriously the car. Like I said, off the pod, they got um, Hodgkinson, who was the ex-chief of uh, Mercedes uh, engine. And uh, they also got input from Honda consultants as well. Um, who was there for the team much longer. So it looks like they're here for the long haul. There's a kid they can improve. And why I said in the future, I'll take back. Because uh, l- listen, in the past, we've seen Vaughan GP where they put all their stocks in 2009. And um, they also dropped out. And even though they won a championship that year, they did fall towards the end and 10 off that was dead. And it's on until Mercedes money kicked in then. Well, and with the um, FIA, the FIA have shared Mercedes big time. Uh, I can't remember talking on the last board, I think it was JL of uh, Nanam. Um, but yeah, Bill, you guys, you guys have been perfectly caught. Um, the barge boards, they changed the barge board uh, regulation. So um, barge was a bit at the bottom of the car for those of you know. So um, they've, regulated, they've changed the regulation with that. And that regulation has been favored of the highway cars. So they're the cars that essentially who are higher off the ground. Uh, so that's basically Red Bull and Avatari. So hence why them two cars will be faster this year as well. And it means that the cars that are lower on the ground, so the Mercs and the uh, Aston Martin, are being much, much lower. And I feel like, you know, I can't lie. I feel like they got into, they targeted at Merc because they knew that uh, Mercedes have been dominating the sport and there's been a lot of complaints about Fans saying, ah, oh, this is annoying, this is boring, duh, duh, duh. And also, um, Aston Martin as well, who people were meant to be cheating. And this went through the year, the regulation would have changed if it weren't for COVID. So I thought they had a little something just to spark it. And I thought the reason why Mark's been better than Aston is because they've got better engineers. So because they've got better engineers, they can change it. And uh, there'll be one or two changes I've seen from like, the barge board and the body cell, whilst Aston Martin, same with them, little changes, but like, because it's not their car, as you said, they've copied it. Um, they are struggling more behind and damn, but the engineers on level with Mark. So that's why we've seen people like Vettel and Show no near because they were last year come out of this regulation. So I think we're here to stay. I think we'll be tight um, between the two. I don't think for this year, don't change anything. And it'll be very good to see rather between Red Bull and Mercedes. Yeah. Um, that, is, that is a really good point, especially with how the FIA just actually targeted Mercedes. Um, we don't, we don't, we don't usually see that, but um, it's kind of plain and clear. And Toto's made these uh, feelings felt, especially in certain interviews in Bahrain, where they said, "Look, this is only affecting us." Uh, Aston Martin is basically uh, the unlucky victim of it. Um, but do you know what, Aston Martin, listen, if you copy homework and you don't have to solve it, it's your own problem, in it. That's what I'm saying. So you're just gonna catch it all that way. Um, but um, hopefully, Mercedes can recover from from these. Um, regulations targeting them and um we can see an actual battle going on because it could go quickly downhill for mercedes if they can't recover from the situation but we we're seeing lewis outperform the vehicle anyway uh, i'm going to come to you now on the next question is mercedes title constructors title in jeopardy the streak they've got because they've won seven years in a row i think or eight yeah yeah um yes and it's only down to one person and one person only, Valtteri Bottas. He is not going to drive anywhere good enough in order for uh, Mercedes to get the points that they need. Um, and as a result, we're going to see Red Bull, which was like when I made the predictions, I thought Aston Martin was going to was going to be probably a challenger, but obviously because of the regulation and just how things are going, it's probably not going to be them. But it's probably going to be Red Bull because we're going to see Perez finish more races higher and full than we are going to see Bottas. Uh, and I'll continue my agenda from last week um, with the fact that I think that Bottas is just not a... Um, I don't, I don't think people like the word, like what I said last week of calling him the dangerous driver, but I just don't think he's a competent driver enough in order for him to complete enough races. And therefore, Mercedes are just not going to win the constructors. It, it, the next race is, well, um, Portimao, which is a windy track. We're going to see a Bottas problem there. And then we've got our street races of Monaco, Azerbaijan and Canada after that. And 
again, we're just going to see a lot of more problems there. So, yeah, all in all, I don't see Mercedes winning the constructors this season. They just can't do it. Hamilton can't do it by himself. You need, you need your fifty points across the two the two drivers, and if you've got um, Verstappen, who's probably going to consistently be around first, second, third, and Perez will probably be about third, fourth. It, it doesn't bode well for, for Mercedes. Yeah, um, it's not actually looking good for Mercedes in terms of constructors. I, I predicted pre-season um, that Red Bull would win constructors just because of the addition of Perez and just because he's a better driver than Bottas. Bottas is not going to, in my eyes, could provide that support that Lewis needs in terms of um, race strategy or even just points. Now we're just seeing him languish in eighth and qualifying. This is not the type of thing that you would expect in a Mercedes, especially when um, your counterpart and Lewis in the same car is getting P1s uh, um, in qualifying. So it's not, it's looking shaky. And I'll, Perez hasn't had the best of starts at Red Bull as well. Um, I'm going to come to you, Richard. Who's a bigger liability for the team, Bottas or Perez? I've got to say Bottas, man. Definitely, I've got to say Bottas. I mean, to be think, I think probably over the season we might see the case of Checo will perform better than Bottas. But the reason we may see Bottas be finish higher than the standings is because of reliability. I feel that I have this weird feeling about the Honda engine that, as good as it, as it is, because it's been brought forward a year, it may go through reliability problems. Like we've already seen that within qualifying. We've already seen that within practice as well. You know, we yet to see that now in a race, and there's there's no um, there's no guarantees to say that it won't happen in a race as well. It could be the case of like you know, let's say Max is leading, uh, I don't know, in Salagos or something, I don't know, and then all of a sudden there's engine conks out, and then Lewis takes charge of that. You know, that could be you know a title swing later down the line. So I see the possibility of the same thing happening to Checo as well. But in terms of Checo. If you was to ask me who's been more reliable in the like the last eight years or whatever, I'd definitely say Checo, especially based on the machinery that they've got as well. With Bottas, he's been underwhelming since he's got to Mercedes. Like he's only he hasn't even hit double figures and wins. And this is his fifth season now. Do you know what I mean? That's that's you know extremely underwhelming for someone who's a second driver, especially when you compare it to someone like Nico Rosberg, who got like like a twenty odd wins or thirty odd wins, whatever. Who was willing, who wasn't as talented as Lewis, but was willing to push him all the way constantly, even if you know he was to use dirty tactics and whatnot. Yeah, with Bottas, he can if he's gonna put performances like he did in Imola, then Rebel have gonna have got the constructors in the back, possibly. Because he, he can't be doing that, I expect to see for next year. Not especially with George Beaver down his neck. If he if he wants to prove his way that he deserves to be in the top team and deserves to race for Mercedes and help them when the constructors, he needs to be putting better performances in. And he can't be using excuses like, oh, I had no tire, t- um, temperatures in my tyres and all stuff like that. It's just, it's just not good enough anyway. So if that number two season as well at Red Bull is not as case as what we think it is, we it should be the case of that Checo should perform better than Bottas. But whether he finishes higher than the table, unless reliability kicks in, we don't know. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be up in the air. Um, I think it's it's gonna be a battle between um, reliability and performance between the Honda and the Mercedes this year um, in terms of engine and the actual teams. So we'll see what happens and how it falls out. But what, what I finally wanted to ask about is the the battle between Max and Lewis. So Lewis got the pole, got the win. Um, no, didn't get the pole. Max got the pole. Lewis got the win in Bahrain, and Mac Lewis got the pole, and Max got the win in Imola. Uh, it's looking like an actual real title challenge. Um, Martin, I'm going to come to you. Is it is it hype, or is it is or is this, is this real? <clears throat> no, that wasn't hype, man. That that um that race in um Imola shot me. Like I've never seen someone overtake Lewis like that in wet conditions. Now, Lewis is synonymous for being like one of the best drivers, especially in the wet. And what Max did on those in the opening corners was something that 
Not even Rosberg's ever tried. Like, he really just went will to will with Lewis and literally made Lewis back out. Um, or I think it was on, was it on turn three or four? And just took the place from him and just never lost it. Even with the safety cars and everything that was happening, Max just never lost it. And I guess um, Lewis could have probably taken over if he didn't make the mistake. But for Max to drive such a solid race, which is something that in the past I think we've all criticised him on, where we say he'll sometimes have his chance, but he won't take it. And he could be performing a lot better. I think this time he's really said, listen, this is the best. He's, I think he's really put his trust in Red Bull this year with the car. And Red Bull have given him the car that he feels that he can challenge with. And he's doing everything he can to get to the um, to get to that championship. As a spout, I also said that it's going to be another situation of 2017 where Vettel was winning all the races in the first couple months, first couple races. And then, you know what happened was that when he gets to the tracks he loves, by America, he'll have it wrapped up. It's that, that simple. I genuinely think, and yeah. Go on. Just to add on that, just to add on that, I, I, um, I, I think for us to watch about um, Max is he's not a chaser. So if we look at how he uh, races when he's having to chase the lead, it's it's very um, impatient. It's very um, he's he, he, he's he's always complaining to his his engineer. He's always trying to say, "Oh, this is wrong. This is wrong." He's not a great chaser. So when he came to Imola, he took he basically was leading the race from beginning to end, essentially, um, and that was comfortable for him. So now that he's in a car that's allowing him to be at the front of the grid, and we might see more. Where you're right, Martin, is when it comes to tracks. I'm, I'm, I, will reserve my judgment whether I think Max is going to actually win this. I personally think he's not going to win um, the championship simply because of those facts. But it will be interesting to see when Max gets a penalty and he has to start further back in the grids and what he does and how he responds to that. And also as well, when we get to, like you said, the tracks that Lewis loves, the Hungries, the Americas, the um, the the, the ends, your Canadas, your Spas, all of those ones. Once we get there, we'll see how how um, how Max does. Firstly, I don't I I I have an agenda against Max and Bottas. I don't think they're they're two particularly good drivers. I think they've if they've made their way into Formula One on on some kind of weird merit, but um, with Max, I think it's he he needs to he needs to prove That's himself wild. as a chaser. You can say it's wild. That's wild. You can say you can put what I said that, but not Max. I'm sorry. That that's, that that can't. Remember. Maddest human nah. right now. Oh. <laughs> <Don't, laughs> He's Absolutely raging. I, I, I can't believe this. Bring I've shown you the evidence on Bottas, and Rahad, I've got you to even be somewhat convinced of my of my rhetoric on Bottas. Don't make me don't make me get the evidence book out. I don't want to bring any more damning evidence for these drivers. Just take what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm uh, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna let I'm gonna let I'm gonna let it run. I'm gonna let it run. Yeah, but when when the season comes to pass. And it's getting tight and tight. And, Louis, and Max looks like he might be winning it. I don't think he's going to win personally. I think eight is coming home. That's that's it. It's that, you know how England say it's coming home. World Cup. I'm saying eight is coming home. That's it. Mm. But honestly, uh, this whole Max agenda you got is is, is legless. But I'll, 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 later, later on down the line, I'll, I'll cook you. I'll everyone, cook you no everyone said this about Bottas. And then I'm going to be... Don't put Bottas and Max's name in the same every... sentence, man. I'm not putting them in the same sentence, but what I'm doing, what I'm saying is, my agendas are not just agendas. I come with my evidence. I don't just scream, you know. I just say, I say what is what happens. I say the uncomfortable truths. And when the uncomfortable <laughs> truths come around, <laughs> when the uncomfortable truths come around, everyone's gonna be like, "Wow, okay, he was right." You mark it today. You bookmark it. All right. It. 
Yeah, we'll bookmark this the same way we bookmarked you and your Aston Martin predictions. We'll, po- we'll, we'll post that on the Twitter account. It's, it's not a problem. Hey, there's still 21, we'll, 21 more races. I just need we'll FIA let- to chase ranks and then we'll be back, baby. <laughs> well, hey, we're letting the streets know what NAM's about in terms of predictions. But um, it's going to be an exciting one. Hopefully it is for all the fans. Um, and hopefully uh, on my race wins, I'll be drinking more Red Bulls. So Red Bull, you can sponsor Pit Stop Fracker. Soon come. So give us the money, you know how it is. Anyways, finally, finally on the pod, we'll be previewing um, Portimao. Um, that's happening next week. Something that's being added to the calendar last year. And it's pr- turning into a fan's favour. It's actually a really, really good track. Uh, actually, I'm going to come back to you now on that. Uh, we're looking at the same podium last year, Mercedes 1-2. Oh, you got any surprise podium candidates? We're not going to see the same podium because, like I said before, Butters is not going to be in a position to put himself on a podium. He's just not going to be. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed Portimao last season. Um, and I think, I hope it stays in the calendar for many more years to come. I think it's, an, it's a nice one. If they need to get rid of a track in order to accommodate that, we can get rid of Austria. I don't think that's a race that we need. We don't need six corners. We need more than that. I'm not going to let Red Bull get rid of the home race. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's the only that's issue. The Red Bull home Red Bull race. Money. You can't get rid of that. Yeah, that, that Red Bull Red money Bull FIA. Really, uh, really spices Jesus. things up. Yeah, that's that's the only issue. But um, no, um, I, I think I think if we're if we're going to be perfectly honest, it's going to be a tight one against again with Max and um, Lewis. Um, I I. I have a sneaky suspicion that maybe it will be it'll be even tighter with Lando and Leclerc behind them. Um and maybe there might be an incident regarding either Lewis or Max, which would allow them onto the podium. I think it I think it'll be a tighter race than everyone is expecting. But I'm looking forward to it. It has become one of my favorites. Um and yeah, nah, it should be a good race. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to it. Uh, it, it if it's as eventful as the first couple laps last year, with signs just like pulling out away on the front, the chaos that happened, a little bit of rain, uh, it should be a good one. Uh, Richard, I'm going to come to you on this. Who's on fraud watch? Boy, there's a couple man on that list still, I can't lie. There's Alonso. There's who else is a fraud? But uh, Butters has been a fraud, so I don't know if he counts. He's honorary CEO. He's got you know Costco membership there, and that's a bit mad. Um, he's there weekly, yeah. It's boy, buying. Yeah, fam, buying all the bottles, buying all the bottles because that's he's lacking them in. <laughs> he's lacking them a lot. You get me? So, who's on fraud? I couldn't remember. Uh, Vettel might be. Ricardo, I'm sorry. Ricardo, you're saying do Ricardo, you, yeah? Mm-hmm. We, do we need to? We need, uh, we need, we need, we need eyes on him, boy. Yeah, yeah, it's too, it's, it's too early. I can't lie. It's it's too early. I know Kunle wants to pump that up because he used to use that as a Bottas deflection tactic, but it's, it's not going to run. Randy, I can't lie to you. It's not going to run. Um, who else? We will revisit it in the pod. We will revisit it later on. Later on yeah, in the year, we'll revisit half, it. Half, what we're gonna do, listeners, viewers, we're gonna do a half season review, and we're gonna see, we're gonna mark the drivers, and if if Ricardo's carries on the way he's moving, it's gonna be a bit sticky for him still. So he might, you know, he might, you know, what, he might be on the fraud watch. We're just gonna keep an eye. We're not, we're not, mm. we're not making any, we're not marking anything. Watch down list, just yeah. Watch list. Keep an eye open. Yeah, for yeah. You know what I mean? Um, Amazon watch list. Amazon watch list. We added it. You know what I mean? We're gonna, we're gonna keep an eye out. Um, mm. Martin, I'm going to come to you. What do we need to watch out for in this race? Well, we always need to watch out for every race. Mazepin, that's it. (laughs) 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 So, the prediction. What's the spin prediction? (laughs) Spin it all all practice. Probably spin on the opening lap. I think he he might make it. He might might qualify ahead of Schumacher this, this time. Maybe, hopefully he does. But listen, I know I know there's a lot of people that say, "Oh, I shouldn't be giving props for it," 
but he completed his last race. Well done to him. So the bars in hell. I can't lie to you. The bars in hell. It's in it's in hell with Helmut Tilke and Adolf Hitler. The bar is in hell. Listeners, viewers, this the bar. He's just said he's completed a race. This this is his achievement. And, and, and Martin and is giving him accolades. That's... He's giving him a badge. Listen, like, well done. Listen, you can't give him accolades. Certain man struggled with foundation mass. So when they got a D, you had to give them the props, innit? They, they struggled. No, so but, when they got a D, the nah, you can't. No. Nah. No. Nah. Nah. is to not spin. And he's still spun. So it, it, he doesn't. But he he can't doesn't get any ratings for me. And, it, and I think the reason why he spun wasn't even his fault, was it? Yeah, it was. Oh, Listen, no, of course it's his fault. He's, he's one minute behind he's, Schumacher. He's, there's nobody near him. He's fun note without anyone. And besides, yeah, he, the, the bar is too low because he, he, he still spun, right? And you're saying, oh, but he completed the race. That's because there was massive runoffs at Imola. So, yeah, he, he, didn't, get, he didn't get tagged by the wall when he, when he spun. That's the only difference. The guy, mm. I mean, let, yeah. let him not spin. Exactly. That's what that, but that is what we have to watch out for. Portimao, Mazepin, see who what who he crashes into this year. If you crash into someone, um, what else we got to watch out for? And just the usual, as you said, the the fraud, the guys on fraud watch this. And yeah, I think the mid table guys they haven't really like your mid table drivers like Stroll, your Ocon's. I, I want to see how they do this race because I think they've been a bit quiet um, in these couple past couple races. They haven't been making much noise, so I mean, there's high hopes for those in, for them in their respective teams. So, and I think one to watch as well, Joe Venazzi, As I said, he's really picking up form. Was a bit very pissed off that he didn't get that Ferrari seat, and Sainz got it instead. And I think he might qualify ahead of Sainz. So we'll see. No, no, that, that, no, that is the wild. No, 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 that Joe Vanazzi pack is looking like bath salts. Man's he's finished, bruv. <laughs> Honestly, he's done out here. But Martin, we're going to bring you back. If Joe Vanazzi actually uh, does it, we're going to bring you back. You, you can brag on the pod. It's not a problem. You know what I mean? Um, I, I can't we lie. Go, we might have to slap um, George on there for, for watching. No, I can't lie. No, no. Not yet. That's like British heritage. Right, right, listen, I don't want our comments yeah, getting dusty. Yeah, he can't do that. Bro, nah, it's not the views of Pistol Fracker. No, I, I do rate George, yeah, but if he keeps bottling points and opportunities, fam, it's it, looking a bit sticky for him still, I can't lie. If he, he didn't really bottle it, though, did he? Yeah, he, he did bottle it. He, he, didn't really bottle it. he was doing really well. To mean, I mean, he's keeping up He bottled him last year. Huh? So, I said he bottled Imola last year, so he's got a finger bottling at Imola, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, he's it, 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 it almost as though we're taking bottas, and yeah. so you'll you just you'll see we'll see. I mean, uh, he's he's on the watch list. He's he's not on fraud watch yet. He's on the watch list. Just he's like on the same he's on, as Ricardo. He's on, he's on, yeah. he's on Richard's. He's on Richard's watch list. That's it. He's on one man. I, I will add someone to uh, fraud list. Uh, just cause it seems like he's running way under the radio. Maybe we should even talk about him. But how many Canadian drivers are there in F one? We don't need to talk about him. He doesn't exist. Who? Latifi. <laughs> which one? Which one? Latifi, Latifi did what last year, last week? Apart from the race, qualifying they did what? Yeah, he did. Okay, you get points. You get points for qualifying. I right, listen there. Yeah, listen, he reps the it, six man. You do an F. He got a phone call from Drake in it. Just, just he, he's repping man. Let, let him just do his thing, man. He doesn't exist as far as I'm concerned. Like, no, Mazepin I, don't, I don't exist. I don't... You gave him a bloody award to, for finishing. So Mazepin gave me. Mazepin's here for entertainment purposes. He's here for the safety race. Does Latifi race? Latifi I don't race. see him on my TV. Yeah. Do you know why Latifi? Do you know <laughs> it's, just a, it's, it's an invisible dot. Man, don't see it on the map at all. I don't see um, him. He just posts his time. You can't, time you can't really put him on Broadwatch if he's if you don't rate him. 
Like, yeah, exactly. It doesn't make any sense. No, no, no. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Listen, true. listen. We'll I just wanted to bring up the point that there's actually two Canadian drivers in F1, and, and yeah. we we can't can't even. Um, one of them is heavily underrated. One of them is heavily underrated. His name's Straw. The other is yeah. just here with thirty mil from his dad. But we'll, 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 that that I'm gonna one final 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 point. Kwame, who do you think is gonna win the race? I'm going with Hamilton. I'm going to say Hamilton, man. Okay, yeah. Hamilton Hive, we're here, man. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be a busy one. It's gonna be a busy one. So oh, yeah, that's all we have time for. That's all we have time for this week. Thank you to Nam, Kwame, Martin, and Richard for joining us this week. Don't forget to like and just, uh, subscribe to the YouTube. You can watch the whole pit stop um, videos on there, and make sure you leave a comment. We want to hear you guys' comments. Whether it's on um, Twitter, at us, let us know what you think about the pod, uh, any co- topics we need to cover. And on the YouTube, just hit us up in the comments as well. So we'll be back next week with our post-race review of Portugal Grand Prix. So we'll see you then. Peace. Peace, guys. See you there, guys. Podcast Network.